invitation that was given here. My name is Pastor Todd, along with my wife, Jan. We are the lead pastors here at Eastside City Church. And whether you're online or with us in person today, we're just so glad that you were able to join here with us. And I just want to encourage you that God is up to great things and is doing great things. And I want to encourage you, as you've already been encouraged tonight, we have our our first Sunday. It is a great time of worship, prayer, and, and just connecting. And I, God does, just shows up when we do this. And, and I just want to encourage you to, to be a part of that here today. Well, again, I just want to ask questions here. I know that today was Time Change uh, Sunday. How's everybody doing? Did you enjoy that extra hour of sleep? Did it work out well for you? Okay, just a little bit of poll here, just a little bit of a poll. How many of you actually went to bed earlier uh, last night? Okay, good. There's a couple people. The most rest of you are probably like me. How many of you just use that hour for other things? You're just like, I spent that hour. I consumed that hour. I, I get it. Uh, that's probably pretty much where I'm at when it comes to those things. Well, I'm so excited that you are here today, and especially uh, we had a little bit of a snowstorm yesterday, you decided to be here. And today we're going to be concluding our series on how to hear and recognize God's voice. Because here's what's really at the heart of, of what I believe. God wants each and every one of you to be able to hear his voice for yourself. That is my desire as your pastor. And I think it's such a powerful thing to know that the creator of the universe, the, the, the one who spoke the world into existence today wants to speak to you. Can I hear an amen for that? Yes. So I want to talk about uh, this area. When I was a teenager, I loved, uh, like most kids my age, I love listening to the radio. Who grew up listening to the radio? You were a music buff, you, you, you liked uh, listening to it, maybe uh, depending on your age, you know the difference between AM and FM radio, hallelujah. For me, I was part of that generation uh, that declared that AM stood for awful music, hey, hallelujah. And FM was what? Fantastic music. Now, for, for those of you that have grown up in this uh, generation of where, where things are at right now, you can stream and podcast and, and Spotify and all of these great things. But that's not what we grew up in. I mean, our, our, our music was the radio. That's what we look forward to. Yeah, you'd buy records and albums and, and tapes. And, you know, some of you were eight-track people. Some of you were cassette people. Some of you are CD people. I've just got all the generations connected here. But I grew up in the, the 80s. And for the most part, I could name the songs and albums for most of the bands from that generation. I know it. I go into the mall. I hear things. If it plays, I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's where I heard that before. That's who sings that or that's who did that. Now, I was, I was on top of most music genres, except I'm, I know this might hurt some of your hearts, except for country music. I just... I just couldn't do that. It just wasn't my thing. I love pop music, rap music, new wave music. Uh, I liked hard rock. That was my favorite. Um, and when I became a Christian, I also added uh, Christian music to the mix. Now, here's the challenge, though. The challenge for me was that the only Christian radio station was 300 kilometers away. It was in Seattle. And because of the distance, the signal could be hard to hear most of the time, especially during the daytime. However, at night, the signal would become more clear. That's where the best reception was. Well, it was good reception as long as you did a few things. I would move the antenna, you know, where you would, you just try to get the antenna in that perfect 
spot. Um, you would try to tune the dial in. And then the last thing that you would do is, I don't know if you had this type of radio reception in your house. You, people had to be in the right places too. Like if somebody walked in, you'd be like, stop, da, 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 da. You got good reception right now. Don't, 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 don't move. Nobody, nobody move. Because you finally could hear everything like, ah, perfectly. You see, here's why I think this is important. The smallest adjustments in tuning could make an enormous difference. And when it comes to hearing God's voice, the smallest adjustments in our life can make an enormous difference. You see, God just like radio and television stations, is always transmitting and communicating 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but we only hear him when we turn on our receiver, our ears, and tune it in, make those adjustments. As we begin today's message called Tuning Into God's Voice, we're gonna look at what are some of those small adjustments that we can make to hear God's voice more clearly. And we're gonna look at a story or an account in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 to 10. And here's what this begins. I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. It says this, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. They weren't hearing God. God wasn't, or here's what it sounds like. God wasn't speaking. I don't believe that God wasn't speaking. I believe they were not listening. And one night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. And suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel! Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed, he said. You know what it's like when your kids get up, they wake you up in the middle of the night, and they're like, hey, dad, mom, and you're just like, get out of my face, I'm trying to sleep. I think that's how Eli was, actually. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son. Eli said, go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he'd never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time. And once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you not call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed and the Lord called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would tune in our spiritual antennas. Lord, that you would give us a discerning heart to be able to know your voice. Lord, that you would help us to make those small adjustments in our life to be able to hear you, to be able to hear you clearly. And so Lord, today, Father, I pray that you would just speak to us through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Hallelujah. 
So here's what we have to understand, that Israel was God's chosen nation. He chose the nation of Israel to inhabit with his presence. And we know as we study the scriptures, it wasn't because Israel was somehow super special or, or because they were, were, were preferred. It was God just decided in his heart to make them the people that he would put his presence on. And through the years, he spoke directly to his people through his priests and his prophets. But because of the sin of the people was great, especially through the priesthood of Eli, the Bible says that the messages from the Lord were rare or non-existent. Now, Eli, the high priest, you have to know a little bit about him, was a gluttonous leader (laughs) who was lazy and and would not um, discipline his sons, who not only defiled the sacrifices, but would defile the women who came to offer sacrifices. These kids were doing bad stuff in the temple. And here's what I want you to understand Eli, besides being fat, he was both blind physically and spiritually. You see, he had desensitized himself from being able to hear the word of God and his inability to hear God's voice was something that was catastrophic for him and his family as well as the nation of God. But then there was a young man named Samuel and some of you might know about Samuel that Samuel was the, the son of Hannah. Hannah had cried out for years because she had been unable to have children and when she found out that she was pregnant, she made a decision to dedicate and give her son to the service of the Lord. And now here he was, he was in the temple, he was serving with Eli and his sons. But here this evening he was sleeping in the temple and all of a sudden God's voice began to speak to him. What's interesting is he, he, he was by the, the lampstand, which really represented God's presence. He was supposed to keep oil, the oil in that. But one night while he was sleeping, the voice of the Lord called to him, Samuel, Samuel. Now, because he had never heard the voice of God before, he did not recognize God's voice. So he ran to Eli because he thought it was Eli who was speaking to him. I want to say this to you, the voice of the Lord many times sounds like a familiar voice, a, a, a loving voice from parents or, or loving leaders. You see, God speaks like those who love us and who are invested in us. I want you to know that. Why is this important? Because many times people don't want to hear from God. Why? Because they're afraid that somehow God is going to expose them that God is somehow going to be harsh with them or critical of them, that somehow, you know, if I go before God, he's going to be like, I know that movie you watched last night, you filthy, dirty sinner. You know, we somehow think that God has this, this big hammer that he's waiting to do, but God talks about, especially here in the New Testament, how he wants to be recognized as our father, and he loves us, and he has the heart of a father of love towards his children, and the things that he wants to say with you are things that are going to bless you. Even if he has to adjust something, it's to be a blessing to you. So that evening, the Lord called to Samuel two more times before Eli tuned in to what was happening. And when Eli finally realized what was happening and who was calling Samuel, he gave the simple response, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. You know, that's what I believe God desires for us to say to him today. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. 
that we're to approach him with humility. See, the cry of our heart should be to hear from God. And so today, God, we ask you, we, we ask you to speak to us, to reveal more of yourself to us. Would you open your heart so that we can hear from you? At the end of our time together, we're, I'm actually going to believe that God is going to speak to every one of you that are here if you desire for him to do that. So how do we tune into God's voice? What are some things that we can do? I want to give you three, what I would consider simple things today that you can do to help tune your ears to hearing God's voice. Now, I already said this, radio stations and radio and television stations transmit 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But we only hear them when we turn on the receiver and tune in the channel. See, failure to hear the signal doesn't mean that the station isn't transmitting. Likewise, God is constantly transmitting his voice to his people, but few are turned on and turned in. Most Christians are busy pleading with God in prayer instead of turning in their receivers to hear him. Now, this might mean something to you. I think we all have had relationships with people or friends that they just never stop talking. I mean, I don't want you to look at anybody right now. Don't do that. That's not very kind. But we all have people in our lives that they just, they never, start to, they never stop talking or they never stop talking about themselves. In fact, when you're in a conversation with them, if you actually get a chance to talk, they can hardly wait for you to finish your sentence so that they can share more about what's going on in their lives. And they may even come to you many times looking for advice. And I want to say this, there are times and seasons in our life when we're facing things where sometimes we just have to share what's going on with you. I'm not talking about this, where there's just this constant only talking, on, it's a one-way street. You know what I mean? And you can get to that place where sometimes you start to dread, oh no, so-and-so wants to get together with me. You know that they don't want to hear what's going on in your world. <laughs> they just want to tell you what's going on with them. And these relationships, I believe, do not last long, or they just stay very superficial. Why? Because genuine relationship is relationship that is based on great communication. And great communications happen when people put the time in to listen to one another. <laughs> I'm telling you, if everybody was able to work on becoming a great listener, we would have incredible relationships all around us. It's a key here. But the problem for many of us is that our prayer life is a one-way communication. Most of our prayer time is spent with us talking a lot and listening very little. <laughs> In fact, I, I, I like to compare it to this. And, and actually, as I was preparing, God was like, Todd, you, you, that's what you do to me sometimes. It's like a kid with their Christmas wish list. You know what that's like? They, hey, what do you want for Christmas? It's like, I got this, I want this, I like this. So dear God, I need you. I, here, here could be our prayer. Dear God, I, I need strength to help with the, kid, the kids with their homework. Grace not to kill the guy at work who has not discovered deodorant. Could you help me to get a raise at work and heal my Aunt Betty, who has a Betty of her ulcer? Allow my family, please would you allow my family to go on a real nice vacation and help our pastor, please help our pastor to preach better messages. Okay, thanks. Gotta go. Good talk. Now, I, I'm not here today to say that 
that, that those prayers or any prayer is negative. I'm not here to make fun of the way that we pray. God tells us that we're to present our requests and our petitions to him. The Bible says that. But it can't only be that way. That's not the only way that we're called to pray. Or we are those sometimes that we don't pray hardly ever and then all of a sudden we face a crisis or a difficult situation and so now we have this prayer of desperation. Oh God, I know I haven't talked to you in a while but I really, 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 really need you to help me. Please help me, please help me, please help me. I'll do everything you ask me to do. Maybe you've been there. And again, God loves it when we pour out our hearts to him. But the reality of it is When we pray that way, we miss out on the best part of prayer when God speaks to us, when God shares with us, when God encourages us. Now, I find this interesting. Maybe your teacher said this to you at one time. God gave you two ears and only one mouth, which means we should always place a higher priority on listening You see, God has information that he wants to share, that he's continuing to share, but it requires that you take the time to tune into him and learn to listen. I love this verse in Psalms chapter 46, the first part of it in verse 10. It says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know. That's a quiet place. Here's what my translation of it is, and this is probably why God didn't ask me to write the, you know, write the Bible. Be quiet so you can hear me speak. <laughs> Listening is a skill. So how do we listen? How do we learn to listen? We've got to learn how to quiet our spirits. Interesting that God spoke to Samuel at night. It represents a quiet space. You know, I always used to be like, oh, I hear these guys are like, they get up at four in the morning to pray. I'll never do that. Why would they do that? Well, I'll tell you why. Because I don't know about you. The reason that you don't want to get up is because nobody else wants to be up either. It's a quiet place. This is why a quiet place is preferred. Create space in your life to listen to God. And we do this by disciplining ourselves to talk less and listen more. I guarantee you, if you do this, this will help you in all of your relationships. Here's my second point, and it goes very close to this. It's learn to lean in like an eavesdropper. Ah, eavesdropper. Well, have you ever been out at a restaurant with your friend or notice a couple sitting next to you having an intense conversation? Come on, what do we do? What do we tend to do? Shh, your friend, shh. Be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. Don't look over there, be natural. But I think they're having a discussion. I wonder what they're saying. So we quiet ourselves and we strain to listen into the conversation. We try to pick up little morsels and see what it is that they're talking about. We smile, we might laugh, we even smirk as the juicy details are being revealed. The reason we hear is because we're leaning into that conversation. We have a desire to hear what is being spoken. That's part of being a good eavesdropper. I'm going to teach you how to do it today. If you're not good at it, I'm going to give you some keys. So what is it they do? First of all, if you're going to be a good eavesdropper, you've got to place yourself close to the conversation. 
right? You don't want to be at the table that's all the way at the back of the restaurant. You got you to be in that good spot where you can, you're here. It's about proximity. You position yourself in the right place so that you can hear what somebody else is talking about. I believe this, if we want to hear more of God's voice, we got to position ourselves to hear from God. Samuel slept in the temple. But here's what's really cool. I love this. As the New Testament comes, we need to understand that we are God's temple, that Jesus lives in us. That's why we need to find that quiet place so that the God who resides in us, we can hear what his voice is speaking above all of the other things. But here's what you have to also do. You have to learn how to focus on what is going on in the conversation. See, eavesdroppers know how to block out distractions. You see, that's why they're like, shh, quiet, quiet. You get the people around you to, to be quiet. Why? So that you can focus on what's going on. If you've ever been in a restaurant, there's a lot of noise, dishes clanging, people talking, laughing, music. But if you're gonna be a good eavesdropper, you gotta kind of learn how to block all that out. There's a lot of background noise out there, folks. So it's important that we learn how to block out distraction in our lives. You know, when we go to pray and we go to hear from God and we go to listen from God, we gotta sometimes get rid of the worries. We gotta get rid of all of the noisy things that are in our life. And, and one of the biggest things that I, I believe that we have to, to do is I, I've got this really incredible device that God has blessed me with. It's my, my, my smartphone. You know, it's great. You can look up everything on it. You can find things. You got all of your contacts. But you know, this is probably one of the greatest distractions that's ever been given to man. Oh, you don't think I see what's going on at church? But we do that if we're not careful at home. I know what it's like. You can have all these things that you get that are on your mind that are, that are going on around you or you just start getting distracted by these things. How do you clear that spot? Well, I'm gonna tell you, if you're, you've got a lot of things on your mind, I wanna encourage you to do this. This is what I've learned to do. I get a piece of paper, I get a notebook and I write down, here are the things I gotta get done. So God, I'm gonna spend some time listening to you, but okay, I'm worried. No, no, it's all right there. I'm not gonna forget about it. I'm not gonna worry about it. But then I've learned I have to sometimes or most of the time turn this off for a little bit. I don't need to know what's happening in the Twitterverse right away or in Snapchat, or I don't need to find out what's going on with the latest news or my friend sending me a text or a call. Sometimes I just gotta say, right now, this is my time. Father God, I want, I'm focusing, I'm leaning into you, listening to what you wanna speak to me. Does that make sense? All right, I'm gonna put this away. I know. I got my Bible app on there too. Be careful. Bible app's also right next to the, your, you know, your TikTok app too. I get it. Oh, I don't know how that happened. All right. Here's the third thing and where we're going to end our, 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 our points here. I, the third thing I believe is you got to love the Holy Spirit. You got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Earlier when I talked about growing up and how AM frequency was called awful music and FM was ter termed fantastic music. You see, what we have to understand is that for those who listen to radio uh, today do not realize that for over 50 years, AM was the gold standard and the only choice that you had to listen to both music and talk radio. 
Even though FM radio was discovered in the 1930s, it did not become popular in North America until the 1970s. And here's the thing, unlike AM radio stations that were monotone, uh, had shorter and fuzzier signal bandwidths, FM signal was bold and dynamic and captured the fullness and clarity for music lovers that we could only dream about. It was, it just was like, ah. What made it extraordinary is that it prevented the advent of dual tone, or who knows this term, stereo. I mean, stereo changed things. I remember when you'd hear like a drum over here and then over, oh, wow. I'm gonna get excited just talking about it. <laughs> and you could play it. Now, here is the best part. Play it at high volumes without crackle or unnecessary distortion. Yeah. It allowed for the ability to hear the smallest nuances of sound clarity, clear, clearly. See, when I was in high school, car stereos were everything. My first car was a 79 white Datsun station wagon. Oh, yeah. It was a real girl magnet, I'm telling you. <laughs> it was worth about 250 bucks, but had a $500 stereo in it, because I had my priorities right. You would hear me coming down the street before you would see me as my stereo had what we call a lot of thump to it. But what was the best part about it was that I had a reception booster to cleanly and clearly have greater reception. Here's the thing, being filled with the Holy Spirit enhances our ability to hear God's voice more clearly. See, that's what the point is. The Holy Spirit is a reception booster who sensitizes our ears to be able to hear. He gives us powerful acoustics to hear with greater detail and depth what God is speaking to us. It is like the difference between AM and FM. When we lean into the Holy Spirit, he tunes our ears and opens our spirits to more easily hear God's voice. Revelations 2, 17, the first part, says this, anyone with ears to hear must listen to, what this, listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Now, I know the context of this is, is the writer is talking to the seven churches that are in that, but who is the church? We are the church. You see, the church is his people, and we, as his people, as Jesus followers, we are his people. And so here's the question, what is the Spirit of God saying to you? What is Holy Spirit saying to you today? Now I want to share a story and then we're going to spend a few minutes believing for God to speak to us. Now many of you have heard about my son Isaac and me as a coach in baseball and, and the reality of it is with my son from the time he could recognize a ball, he was all about ball basketball, football, didn't matter. He just found it, throw it, do it. And, and so we, we had a lot of uh, sports things in our house, but to preserve my marriage, hallelujah, I purchased Nerf balls so that we could throw them around in our basement. I considered that one of the greatest inventions of all time. Uh, it was both mom and house friendly. Now, when he was three years old, there was one Saturday where we were just throwing the balls around. We would do things. We'd throw them at each other. We would, he'd try to catch it. I'd throw it off his head. He'd throw it back at me. And out of the blue, he threw one so fast that it bounced off my chest and ricocheted across the room. Not anything different than a lot of our other play times and the things that we did, except as I went to pick up the ball, I heard the voice of the Lord speak to me. What you gave up for me 
I will give back to your son. And it took me a while to remember what, what, what was that about God? And then all of a sudden, it's like my spirit opened up and I knew exactly what God was referring to. Something I had completely never thought about again. You see, from the time I was nine years old till uh, I had played competitive baseball every spring and summer. And when I was 16 and 17, I was on a travel team. I mean, this was great. They gave us meal money when we'd go on road trips. We stayed in hotels and we were very good. We actually won the state championship when I was 16 years old. And to be on this team, the commitment was really great. You had to practice five days a week with games on Wednesdays and Sunday. And here's what the problem was. We had youth group on Wednesday nights and church was on Sunday. So for those two years, I was always gone. I was playing baseball. Well, right when I turned 18, right before my last season, with my eye on college opportunities, because I was starting to get some opportunities to look at playing there in the future, my youth pastor approached me and he said, Todd, would you pray about serving in the youth group for the next year? Would you be willing to give up playing ball for a season to come and help us work with kids? As I prayed, I heard God ask me if I'd give up my will and, and serve people. And after a few tears and a bit more prayer, God spoke something that I was not even thinking about, but was deeply moving to me. He, he, my, oh, after a few tears and a bit more prayer, I called my coaches with my decision not to play and dove into serving. And here I was 20 years later and God spoke something deep into my heart I was not even thinking about, but was deeply moving to me. Now my son more than likely today is listening online because I never have shared this story with him. I never wanted to put any pressure on him. But my son is now the starting left fielder for New Hampshire Technical Institute. You see, God has things that he wants to speak to you that are just for you, that are about your life, about what God wants to do with you for your kids, for your, your family, for your parents, for your future. God has things that he wants to speak to you. And our, our, it comes from, though, with our ability to tune in to his word. Would you like to hear God speak something to you today? We're gonna do a little activity here. If you look at the seat around you, you'll find a piece of paper. What is God saying to me? Now, uh, I want you to take a minute. If you don't have something to write with, look in front of you. We, have, we should have pins in some of the seat backs. If you don't have a pen, maybe raise your hand here. We'll try to see what we can do to provide a few more. But here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take a few minutes and we're gonna worship. We're gonna just worship to clear our, our minds. And we're gonna believe that God is gonna speak something to us that is gonna be, that we're gonna give to somebody else, okay? Could be a family member, it could be this. We're gonna, we're gonna believe that God's gonna give us something to everyone who God wants. I, actually, 
I'm gonna just tell you, it's gonna be God wants to speak to you. And so we're gonna just take these moments here and we're gonna worship and then we're gonna say, Lord, speak to me. Your servant is listening. Amen.